0: Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays.
1: When asked to name his favorite family members, he asks if the animals in the barn count. This is the Midwest Farm Report with
2: Josh Scramlin. Today's the day that we've been hearing a lot about for a really long time and it's finally here. It is November 3rd, 2020, which means it is Election Day. And I'm not entirely sure about you, but one of my biggest questions is how exactly is the uncertainty surrounding the election having an impact on the markets? I'm going to speak with Market Advisor John Heinberg from Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson within the next hour, and I'm sure he'll be able to answer that question as well as anything else that we throw his way. And now that we're three days into November. That means that we are even closer to the highly anticipated deer gun hunt. And Farm Director Pam Yonke is going to get us geared up for that by speaking about hunter safety in just a few moments. That is straight ahead. We're going to take a look at your markets. We'll also talk weather with Ag Meteorologist Muck, And then also just one thing to note, the 7th Annual Badger Swine Symposium is being held virtually this Thursday, November 5th. Obviously, they had to shift to a virtual event due to the pandemic, and it's taking place from noon to 2.15 p.m. this upcoming Thursday. But the reason I'm telling you about it today is because if you want to virtually attend that event, you have to be registered Today, So go to our website, that is midwestfarmreport.com, to check out how to register. And again, 7th Annual Badger Swine Symposium, taking place in just a couple of days. Pam Yonke and Bob Bolso join us next right here on the Midwest Farm Report.
1: Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more, 24-7 at midwestfarmreport.com. Stay
2: tuned, as we'll be right back. Copier Financial is proud to support hardworking farmers and their families during this harvest season. As you work relentlessly to feed, clothe, and fuel the world, we want to wish you a safe and bountiful harvest and say thank you for all you do. Give your local Copier team a call at 844-426-6733 or visit copier.com for lending, crop insurance, appraisal, and other financial needs. Copier Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender.
3: Well, if you haven't been reminded yet, remember this is a very important day. If you have not voted yet, get out. This is Election Day. So vote early, then maybe you can go out into the woods to go bow hunting or whatever the case may be, because we are into November. We are into the hunting season, Pam. And uh, and again, just like uh, we talk with farming safety first.
0: Yeah, you're right, Bob. Fabulous. Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I started thinking about that. You know, this summer we talked a lot with DNR officials about how many people decided that they wanted to go camping or they decided they wanted to use our uh, state trails and hiking paths. Now we're transitioning to the fall and what about people that may be uh, trying their hand at hunting for the very first time? You sure don't want to put a kid in a stand with a gun without training. So, I reached out to Warden John King with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, he is the gentleman that's in charge of the hunter safety program. Now listen, old bird like me, I remember hunter safety when it was a face-to-face instructor. You got a chance to actually handle the gun with supervision, that type of thing. Well, now with the pandemic, everything's changed. How confident are they in this online virtual learning pattern for something like hunter safety? I talked with Warden John King and asked him to give us an update on how they stand this fall going into the hunting season.
4: Well, let's talk about the number of people that are interested in hunting. When you start talking about a lot of public activities that they can't do anymore, uh, getting outdoors is a safe uh, thing that they can do. So whether it's hunting, fishing, kayaking, boating, whatever it is, that's a lot safer activity and a fun activity for them to do. So we're seeing an increase in desire to do those activities. Uh, So COVID uh, obviously forced that change a little bit. People are, you know, they're at risk of it, and they just don't like the idea of going to uh, certain locations and congregating with groups of people. So that's uh, also a fear that we have to deal with in the hunter education program. Uh, So we've had to change up our hunter education program, how we offer it, and think of some different ways to do that as well
0: because I recall John, when I was uh, in hunter safety education classes there there is an element of being able to actually handle that firearm with an adult there that can show you different uh, you know the safeties different things like that 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 must be a little tricky to try to replicate online
4: it's it's I'll say it's almost impossible to replicate that 100%. Uh, that is where mom and dads uh, have to come in and help out with this. Um, we we provided an online education tool that uh, helps mom and dad and a student learn the base knowledge of safe uh, gun handling and practice. But mom and dad also then at this point need to step in and help that child or younger person along with understanding uh, when I'm carrying a gun, I need to treat it as it's loaded, uh, pointed it in a safe direction, uh, be certain of what my target is, what's beyond it, and then keep your finger outside that trigger guard. So that's now mom and dad or aunt, uncle, or cousin, whoever is helping out with that has to make sure that they understand those, um, that importance as well.
0: So we started the conversation about how COVID's impacted things and people may be looking at the outdoors uh, with a whole lot more respected appreciation do you have any idea, John, as we kind of continue through hunter education courses, have your numbers gone up? What trends have you noticed there?
4: Well, for uh, this year, we've had to shut down hunter education for a little while. So our numbers are, are down. However, we believe that there's a, a good amount of people that still want to do it and get out and hunt. So this is why on October 15th, we announced uh, online cert- certification for everybody is available. Uh, that will give us a good indication uh, as we move forward towards the end of this year, uh, what our numbers are looking like. Uh, I think we're going to stay fairly stable, uh, you know, as a hunting activity because it's something everybody still enjoys and loves doing.
0: I'm also curious, maybe we jumped, uh, maybe I jumped the gun a little bit, no pun intended. Maybe we need to remind people what the target audience is for this hunter safety education.
4: Well, right now, um, you know, if we use 2019 as our metrics, we have about 16,500 students that come through hunter education, the hands-on component. And usually that's about 75 or 80% is youth. And so that uh, age group can be from zero all the way up to 17 years of age. And, And then that remainder is adults that are attending it and taking it as well with with family members, or they need it because they want to go out west hunting, or uh, whatever their hunting desire is. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have you noticed, uh, John, as uh, youth evolve now, more and more of their activities online, and I'm not just talking education. Before that, it was video games, a lot of interactive things. Has that influenced or changed the approach to hunters' safety education?
4: Well. Obviously, technology has improved quite a bit um, versus just having text format for somebody to read. To actually having animation um, showing this act, you know, type of working of a firearm, uh, how to cross a fence safely, we can we can put an animation and a live video on that activity now on a website for our users to see. Uh, so it gives gives us a lot more options today than it maybe it did five, ten years ago. So. Uh, when you start looking at what we do on day-to-day, people use the Internet to find how to do small activities. So it's, it's increasing um, that knowledge base as we go forward.
0: Yeah, Right. If you're just joining us, this is Warden John King. He is the Hunter Education Administrator for the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. Again, reminding everybody how critically important it is, especially if you've got a young hunter that's joining your party, to go through these uh, hunter education courses. And honestly, John, I know I can just feel it. There's probably plenty of dads out there that are shaking their head. My boy, my girl doesn't need to go through these classes. I'll show them. They have they have watched me. And while that may be a good example, there's a lot of elements that young people really need to be taught on, like you said, crossing a fence, walking with your hunting party. Just, uh, just a whole realm of things that mom and dad might miss uh, from a heritage standpoint.
4: You're correct. Our volunteer instructors, we train them how to teach all the topics that lead to hunting accidents. And so that's something that mom and dad just haven't got. Uh, and so that's one thing that if, if you're not certain, it's always good to get yourself into a hands-on hunter education course. Uh, you, you still have some options as far as remaining courses for this year. But it's important to make sure that the safety and well-being of everybody that you hunt with, because that's mostly your family and your friends, Um, You want to make sure that you're doing something safe and appropriate uh, while you're in front of those people.
0: So let's give them a brush-up course, then, John. Well, we've got them, and focus in on some of the finer points. Some of the, you know, you don't you don't think through every element or every scenario that can suddenly pop up when you're out in a field from that adrenaline rush when a buck crosses your path with your hunting party. Right on through to, like you have mentioned in an email to me, just keeping the farm dog healthy and safe.
4: Yeah, it uh, when when you have a half a million people out hunting during a nine-day gun deer season, there's a lot of uh, shooting that happens during that time. And and so one of the things that we talk about is a safety rule. Be certain of your target, what's in front of it, and what's beyond it. So that bullet can travel beyond, well beyond the target. And so uh, accidents do happen from time to time. And so one of the things that we encourage people that are out using the great outdoors, whether it's for hunting or recreation during that time, be safe. Uh, have some high visibility colors. Uh, and if you're out walking, make sure you have your vest on. And then also consider your, um, your pets. Uh, if you're taking a, uh, your dogs out there, have something, uh, whether it's a bright orange collar or if you have a safety vest for them or something as well. Um, just make sure that you're doing so safely out there. We want everybody to go out and enjoy the outdoors and have fun and be safe.
0: Well, and you make a good point. Uh, we're still kind of busy with field work as far as Wisconsin farmers are concerned. Uh, you th- think that uh, that combine, that truck, that grain box isn't going to get hit. But our, our livestock, horses, even cows, like you said, the dogs, you, you might want to think about a strategy to make sure that they're not in harm's way
4: yeah it um, w- when we talk about cattle and 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 horses and whatnot it's it's always good to have them out grazing in pasture. That's just part of good farm practice, but during that nine days, it wouldn't hurt if you have the ability to crowd them up or shorten up that uh, pasture area for them uh, and just keep them out of harm's way. That's one of the things that we talk about. We do uh, while you're out harvesting during the this time of year there are some stray bullets that do. Uh, make it where they're not supposed to be so just um, make sure you think about safety when you're out and about during that nine days.
0: Now John is there a place that you would suggest people reference if they want to go through kind of a virtual farm safety or or shall I say a hunter safety course or want to just you know brush up on some things that they might have otherwise forgotten is it the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources website or where do you suggest they look?
4: Well, we, we've contracted with a, a company that provides a really good online course. It's hunter-ed.com. That particular course, if you aren't looking to get certified, you can do it free uh, and go through it and take a look at it and use it continuously for the rest of your life. Uh, if you do want certification, there is a fee for that, uh, and you can pay that certification fee as well.
0: Warden John King in charge of the Hunter Education Program here in the state of Wisconsin through the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. And like you said, a lot of it now virtual, like most any other instructional element that we're working with in 2020. You can find more details on how to interact and get involved with a Hunter Education course. Just go to the Wisconsin DNR website. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Wondering
1: what the weather is going to be like today? Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will join us in moments. Right here on the
5: Midwest Farm Report. This is Pete Gunderson of Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care. We've been assisting families for almost 100 years now. My grandfather first helped families at our original Eastside location.
4: This is Matt Gunderson. Our goal is to provide your family with what you deserve. A service individualized for a life well lived. Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, your hometown life celebration center
0: and As new laws are shaped for compliance, be sure to update your signage with Signs by Tomorrow, like social distancing reminders, relocating of services and business changes, visible outdoor signage, new, fresh, and current signage. Signs by Tomorrow provides stand-up signage, banners, open and closed signs. Be the best business you can be and communicate your image and customer procedures with Signs by Tomorrow. Visit SignsByTomorrow.com forward slash Madison. Imagine it. Signs by Tomorrow can do it.
6: Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself.
1: It's a physical training effect!
6: Promises to one's community.
5: Helping people move debris out of their house.
6: Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won.
1: A man that knows any food tastes better when deep-fried and served on a stick. This is the Midwest Farm Report
2: with Josh Scramlin. It is 521 on a Tuesday morning. It's November 3rd, 2020, Election Day, and I'm going to bring in Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck live via Skype. Stu, good morning to you. Have Have you gotten out and voted yet? Did you do early voting or are you heading to the polls today?
3: Today is the day, and man, what a beautiful day to do it.
2: Ah, That is for sure, and I was just looking at the current temps up for the next four or five days. Looks like this is actually going to be a pretty warm stretch uh, for November in Wisconsin.
3: Absolutely. Very warm. And Josh, you know, there's always talk about it. And it is a possibility that we could set a record here or there in the next few days. Just really, really mild air building into the state. There's a front off way to our northeast up into Lake Superior, just on the northern edge of Lake Michigan. Not a concern. That front going to pull away. There's some lake effect snow up in southern Canada on the north tip of Lake Superior. Other than that, we're going to be dry and fine. We watch a stronger low build into the Pacific Northwest, bringing some rain and the like into Washington and Oregon. Eventually, that system will be able to wedge in. In fact, there may even be a really weak front trying to build through late Wednesday night, early Thursday. Not going to mean any rain, a few clouds. It'll be the most and otherwise very mild right into the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this
2: copier financial is proud to support hard-working farmers and their families during this harvest season as you work relentlessly to feed clothe and fuel the world we want to wish you a safe and bountiful harvest and say thank you for all you do give your local copier team a call at 844-426-6733 or visit copier.com for lending crop insurance appraisal and other financial needs copier financial is an equal credit opportunity lender
7: Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exist to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com.
2: It's 523 on election day, and as ag meteorologist Stu Muck said, you can expect some pretty warm temperatures today. So, Stu, what exactly are we dealing with today in the next few days?
3: Well, beautiful, above normal, sunny skies, a great day today. Mid 60s, maybe a little warmer at La Crosse with the southwest winds 5 to 15. They get a little gusty in the afternoon, not like it was over the weekend. Overnight, with clear skies, we drop back into the mid 40s, the southwest winds at 5 to 10. Tomorrow, again, sunny, mid-60s, southwest winds about 5 to 10. A few clouds late Wednesday night, early Thursday, and otherwise becoming mostly sunny again Thursday, mid-60s, southwest winds at 5 to 10. Friday and Saturday, Josh, the chance to be in the upper 60s, 68 or better. It's going to be beautiful right into the weekend. The next rain possibility could build in by late Sunday night. Ooh, man, oh, man. All right, time to head to the beach, right? I'm just thinking, get out in the field. The combines <laughs> are going all day yesterday around here. Keep going.
2: Uh, oh, I know. Just keep, just keep on hauling. Well, Stu, thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Okay.
3: You got it. Take care. All
2: right, yep, that's Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck. All jokes aside, the temperatures are looking pretty fair right now. Uh, Mostly in the 30s around the state, but today, Eau Claire, you're going to see temperatures hit 65 degrees. Uh, Tomorrow in La Crosse, it could be 69 degrees. Tomorrow in Green Bay, 62 degrees. Right now, Wausau, you're 30 and mostly clear. 37 and mostly clear skies in Oshkosh. And then it is 36 and mostly clear in Mauston right now. And tomorrow, Mauston, you could see temperatures hit 64. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
7: A trusting family gives its members the support they need to make it through life. You could say the same about Compel Consulting. They're your most trusted provider of computer services, combining personalized service with affordable solutions for business owners right here in Madison. And they respond to their customers' computer problems within 60 minutes or less. Schedule a free technology assessment with Compel today and be more productive tomorrow. Visit compelnetworks.com. Compel Consulting, professional IT solutions, just like having family in the IT biz.
1: This election season, we imagine you're sick and tired of political ads. So, you'll be happy to know this is a plain old ad for Wiffles Hybrids. As the fastest growing seed corn brand in the central corn belt, you might say Wiffles is the winner of the popular vote because more farmers than ever are planting Wiffles. When you make your planting pick this season, vote independent. Vote Wiffles Hybrids. Wiffles Hybrids is sorry this ended up sounding like a political ad after all. I love
8: supporting local, and who doesn't? Hey, Ebo here, you know who else loves supporting local? Well, the Bank of Sun Prairie does. They've been supporting the greater Madison area in south-central Wisconsin for over 100 years. That is a deep commitment to their customers and a deep commitment in their customers reaching their financial goals. Now, that is what sets the Bank of Sun Prairie apart from all the other institutions where, let's be honest, These other institutions, they don't even know your name when you walk in. The Bank of Sun Prairie does, and also, the Bank of Sun Prairie, they don't want to brag too much, so I'm going to do that for them. Out of the whole nation, the Bank of Sun Prairie was reviewed and rated as the top 3% of all U.S. banks in America. That's right. It's right here in your backyard in the greater Madison area and here to serve you. So be with someone that wants to see you succeed. Check them out online at bankofsunprairie.com or on Facebook and LinkedIn at Bank of Sun Prairie.
7: Johnson Tractor has new Case IH equipment on hand ready for immediate delivery. And 0% financing makes it really easy. Find year-end savings on in-stock Case IH combines, tractors, and planters. Johnson Tractor will sweeten the deal when you trade in your current unit. Call Johnson Tractor today and find yourself in a new Case IH for a great price. Johnson Tractor, Janesville and Judah.
9: Johnson Tractor, from land to lawn. We don't offer greasy handshakes or kiss babies on the forehead to get your vote. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We hope you elect Tom's Auto Center for our overall genuine knowledge of complete auto repair. We really do want to make your car great again. Stay safe, drive safe.
4: Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's.
1: Tom's Auto Center, We're the get
9: When you choose from several options, you're likely going to save money. That's what a family owned independent insurance place like ours can do.
10: When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local independent home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251 3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our,
9: Our best, best is the, the very, very least
10: we, we can do. do. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high-intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. M.Sculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. M.Sculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless.
5: Let your natural beauty shine
10: View our specials at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie.com.
5: There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds. yesterday was the packers and their performance
8: what do you think mike pettin said at halftime he's like boys you're only three feet away COVID 19 protocols dictate it should be six feet can you get a little farther away from delvin cook do you think that was his pump-up speech man delvin
11: cook just he's been a beast against him he's averaging 126 total yards he scored eight touchdowns in five games against him in his career
8: you'd think if you were the dc or the coach overseeing be like hey we should stop this guy
11: yeah and the fact is like were you really worried about Kirk Cousins throwing the ball down the field yesterday? I mean, Aaron Rodgers was struggling to throw the ball down the field for the it's most like part. like 25 yesterday. mile per hour wind. Yeah. And Gusting, like, up to 40. I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, Kirk
8: Cousins was tied for the most interceptions in the league with Carson Wentz coming into that game. He, what did he throw? 14 passes. I think two went past 10 yards. Yeah. He was 11 for 14. The second fewest pass attempts he's ever had
11: as a starting quarterback. And they were playing off those guys, too. Like, it didn't make any sense. Like, I don't. I did not understand this, The uh, the. The game plan there, the whatsoever. philosophy.
8: Because if you go back but, to the NFC Championship game against the Niners, it's
11: the same thing. There's, there's only been two instances, or the last, I should say, the last two instances of a player with at least 200 yards and four touchdowns, 200 total yards and four touchdowns. The last two instances, Dalvin Cook yesterday and Ahmad Rashad in 1979. No, no, Raheem Mostert in the oh, NFC oh, Championship yeah, no. game. Oh yeah, Raheem Mostert. Ahmad Rashad is the only other. Vikings player score do, four touchdowns. Yeah, to do
8: what Delvin Cook did. With, and, score four touchdowns yeah. in a game. And that was nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. And the but, Packers are like, all right, here, have that at Delvin Cook. He still would have ran for a hundred. Who do you think if what Delvin if Delvin Cook is replaced shot, by a modern seventy, oh, yeah. could have still ran for a hundred? Bo Jackson said he could he could still run for three to four hundred yards in today's NFL. If Bo Jackson was a running back yesterday, does he break over four hundred yards? Yeah, easily, easily. No, <laughs> Delvin, Delvin Cook's a top
11: uh, – for me. Delvin Cook's a top three running back in the league.
8: Well, I know you like him.
11: I do. He's on my fantasy <laughs> team, but, they, they, but no, he's definitely top five. He, I mean, he's a beast when healthy, right? Yes. yes. I mean, he's up there with he's up there with Kamara and he's up there with. McCaffrey and he's yeah I mean he's in the top five you're right probably maybe not top three top five for sure
8: so I was thinking about this because it I think Mike Pettin
11: yeah I I just want to add the Packers defense has been horrible and and Mike Pettin plays a huge role in that but
8: he can't go out there and tackle guys I'm glad you say that okay the tackling thing always boggles my mind how do you become a professional athlete in football if you don't know how to tackle like that's the thing that always boggles my mind. Pro Football Focus has them as the worst tackling team in the
11: NFL. The Packers? Yes. Jesus. Well, mister. I think
7: a lot of our eyes would also grade them out yes, that way,
11: right? Like when you're watching them, like they, then like there's, there can't be a worst tackling team in this league, and Pro Football Focus backs
8: it up. It's terrible. So I was thinking yesterday. I'm looking. I'm looking at what's unfolding, and then afterwards, I was, um, I was, I was doing some painting around the house. So I, I was thinking, you know, huffing some fumes, getting a little loopy, and I'm thinking to myself. Do, should I blame Mike Pettin? Like that's the low hanging fruit. That's the easy one to blame. Well, the scheme wasn't good though yesterday. No, yeah. it wasn't. It was terrible. I mean, that's easy to do, guys. But guys have to make plays too, right? Exactly. You, you, you have to tackle. You have to tackle. I mean, that's Mike. Like you just said, Pettin's not out there suiting up, playing. Right. But I look at the NFC Championship game last year, and then I look at the Forty ers in the regular season. And I look at you know a, a, a team that's got a little nasty to them. Okay, so the blueprints out there, the Niners, one game away from the Super Bowl, the Packers were. They got obliterated by Raheem Mostert on the ground. what did Jimmy Garoppolo throw? Like he completed like eight passes, six it's passes. Threw eight passes. Yeah, it threw eight passes. It's insane. Brian Gutekunst, I assume, watched the game. That was one away from the Super Bowl. And I'm looking at the draft that happened. You get a quarterback, a running back, a tight end, a linebacker. Come on, Martin. There's some guy that maybe could stop the run. Then a tackle, a center, a tackle, and then a the seventh round of safety and a defensive end. Who, what has Brian Gutekunst done to alleviate the problems that happened against the Niners in the NFC Championship game? Nothing. So I'm thinking to myself, Mike Patton's the easy blame. I'm looking at Brian Gutekunst now and be like, well, what are you doing to give the chef the ingredients to cook with? But let's be f- fair about it.
11: He gave him a ton of ingredient- ingredients last year, right? With the, with the two Smiths. Yep. With, uh, with Andrea Demos, with Darnell Savage, <clears throat> with Rashawn Gary. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's not like that was funny so funny. he, he you got ga- jokes today he gave them he gave them a ton of stuff last year but you're right it didn't look good against San Francisco I can't think of the last time the, the Packers defense came up in a huge game and showed up and w- essentially won
8: a game for them that's what I was thinking about like when was the last time that I felt good about the Packers defense you would say like you were like okay th- there's some some juggernauts out there the Super Bowl run, their opportunistic ball hawking defense were like above average. I would have to. I th- do you have to go back to when Reggie White was here to say, like, the Packers had a stout, good defense?
1: He can smell fried cheese curds from 15 miles away. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. The
2: Wisconsin Master Cheese Maker Program has a brand new program coordinator. His name is Andy Johnson, and he's going to join me here in just a moment to talk about his brand new role and what exactly he does in that job to assist the nearly 70 Wisconsin Master Cheese sprinkled throughout the state. But I just wanted to let you know that today, the North American International Livestock Expo kicks off in Louisville, Kentucky. And we brought you this story a couple of weeks ago, and... <laughs> It, follow me here because it's easy to get into the weeds. Exhibitors from states that had over a 15% COVID-19 positivity rate were told initially that they would not be able to come to Louisville to exhibit their animals. But the stipulation has been offered to exhibitors in states such as Wisconsin that if your state does have over a 15 percent COVID-19 positivity rate, you can still come to Louisville. You just have to sign a waiver stating that you self-quarantined for the two weeks prior to traveling to Kentucky. So since that is now the case, I have spoken with a few Wisconsin exhibitors that uh, exhibit dairy and then one that exhibits sheep. They said that they are both going down to Kentucky. They are excited to show, even though there are quite a number of provisions that they have to follow, they have to wear a mask. Nobody can stay in the barns overnight except for dairy exhibitors, and many of them... Like with most shows that have happened this year, are just excited to physically load up the trailer and go somewhere and feel normal, even if just for a little bit. All right, so anyway, let's get to it. Again, my name is Josh Scramlin, and right now I'm sitting behind the Landmark Service's Cooperative Agri-News Desk. And a gentleman named Andy Johnson is about to join me, and he is the brand-new program coordinator for the Wisconsin Master Cheesemaker Program. As longtime program coordinator Marianne Spakowski recently retired in September. So, Andy, what exactly does one do as the program coordinator for the Master Cheesemaker program?
12: Yeah, so it's sort of a joint effort between uh, the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin and the Center for Dairy Research. And uh, my role, along with uh, Joanne Gauthier, my colleague, um, we coordinate the program. But um, really what we do is just give the support that the uh, Wisconsin Master Cheesemakers need to basically, um, you know, become more educated, um, you know, get their brand out there, get the Wisconsin master cheesemaker brand and image um, out there. So um, we're sort of in a supporting role, um, whatever the industry and the cheesemakers need.
2: And I want to remind people, and correct me if I'm wrong on anything that I say here, because as I said, this is pre-recorded, but Wisconsin is the only state with a master cheesemaker program, right?
12: That is correct. Yeah. And it's it sort of modeled, uh, this program is sort of modeled after some in Europe, but, uh, yeah, it's the only one uh, in the country.
2: So what is, what is your background? Because I understand that uh, you've been in cheese for quite some time.
12: Oh, yeah. So I uh, grew up uh, in the Midwest, but made cheese uh, all over uh, the country. Um, but finally came back to, uh, to Wisconsin. You know, this is the cheese state. So, um, you know, I sort of gravitated back here. But, um, yeah, I've been in the industry about 10 years as a cheesemaker, but recently joined CDR about four years ago. Um, And, you know, in in relation to the Wisconsin Master Cheesemaker Program, I've always sort of looked up to these folks. Um, You know, we see their branding and marketing across the country. And, you know, it's always, uh, you know, sort of an image that you see uh, when you buy cheese. And I'm just uh, happy to be a part of the program in this way now. So.
2: Yeah, tell me a little bit more about these interactions. Like, I'm just curious. Say you were to get a call from a master cheesemaker somewhere today, what are some of the things that they're asking you about, or they're concerned about, or they're bringing to your attention?
12: Well, some of it's sort of the you know the logistics of just uh, being certified and some of those things. But uh, you know, the Center for Dairy Research and the you know, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, you know, they offer you know technical help to these folks if they're having issues or you know other resources uh, just to be able to you know. Compete, you know, nationally and internationally with their with their products.
2: Because I kind of want to peel back the curtain, because it, you know, it's it's something that you and I are familiar with, but for people listening, um, so you can be a Wisconsin cheesemaker, but then to actually get to the next level to become a master cheesemaker, that's not like a one day process. It's pretty, it, it's it's pretty lengthy, isn't it?
12: Oh yeah, it's very intensive. So yeah, I you know, basically there's uh, it's multifaceted, but there's a big education component, a big. Uh, you know, experience component to that. So at a minimum, you have to have a, a Wisconsin cheesemakers license to even apply to the program uh, for 10 years. Uh, most folks, you know, they've been making cheese and having their license, you know, longer than that. But so you have to be experienced just to be, uh, you know, a candidate into the program. Uh, and part of that is education. Before that, you even have to have, you know, a certain number of short courses or other um, equivalent education. Um, and then once you're a candidate into the program. Um, there's a quality assurance part of that uh, where we're evaluating the cheeses that they make to make sure they're up to snuff. Um, and then there's also um, a plant inspection. There's an interview. Uh, and finally, there's a, an examination uh, at the end of the candidacy before they, they graduate, quote-unquote, into the program. So all in all, it's you know a minimum of about a 13-year process. Um, so yeah, it's, it's lengthy and it's intensive, but you know that's sort of what the program's all about, you know, it's for advanced cheese makers and it really does challenge them. Uh, to become better.
2: so Andy Johnson is the brand-new program coordinator for the Wisconsin Master Cheesemaker program. Andy, thanks so much for joining me, and I wish you best of luck, as I know you've already began that role. Make sure to stay tuned. As just moments ahead, we're going to take a look at your markets, and then Market Advisor John Heinberg from Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson is going to join us to talk about your markets this morning. From the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, I'm Josh Scramlin.
1: Wondering where you can hear how milk contracts are doing at this time of day? Wonder no more. The Midwest Farm Report will be back with a market update in just moments. keeping Wisconsin strong.
2: Wisconsin's number one farm insurer can protect your dairy operation from unexpected declines in revenue from milk sales. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more or talk to your local agent about how dairy revenue protection can fit into your risk management plan.
1: Rural Mutual Insurance keeping Wisconsin strong.
6: A history of success means proven performance, but let's call performance what it is. Profitability and boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of Decal Brand Corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how Decal Brand Corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
1: A man that knows any food tastes better when deep-fried and served
2: on a stick. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin. We'll get to your markets momentarily, but first, our Wisconsin restaurants are in a very dire situation due to the pandemic. And according to Susan Quam of the Wisconsin Restaurant Association, the dire situation could get even worse as the temperatures begin to cool down in Wisconsin and people aren't wanting to eat outside anymore because it's Wisconsin in November. During the summer, restaurants were able to have outdoor dining service, and that was a bulk of their business. Now many places will not be able to have that unless they have you know, an, an insulated patio or something like that, or it's big enough that they can have a lot of people eat indoors. But for our smaller restaurants and our restaurants without a patio, the situation is not looking good as the temperatures drop.
13: Outdoor seating was, you know, very much the the, the savior for a lot of restaurants. About 75% of restaurants could do outdoor seating, even the temporary ones uh, that were allowed by their local, you know, ger- you know local municipality. Um, but not every restaurant could, and, and the ones who could not really did see a, a big Difference in the summertime compared to um, other restaurants that could do something outside. So it, it's going to be very hard as we move indoors, and with these this up and down and ping pong method and everything else relating to a capacity um, restriction versus uh, what is truly you know better mitigation for COVID in uh, the practices surrounding that. I think is where we're going to um, see a lot of operations. Now, whether they close temporarily, which is what some people are saying, what we fear, though, is that those restaurants are going to stay closed permanently. Our research that we did with the National Restaurant Association, uh, restaurants around Wisconsin said if they do not see any change in business practices or a change, you know, some form of uh, additional PPP package from the federal government, We will lose over one-third of Wisconsin restaurants. They will close permanently because they do not have the capital. Um... Nor the nor the debt capacity
2: to to remain open. That is Susan Quam of the Wisconsin Restaurant Association. And now let's take a look at your markets on a Tuesday. Looks like it's a mixed bag this morning. As December corn is down a penny at three ninety seven and a half, and March corn is down one and a half cents at four hundred one and three quarters of a cent. Beans are also in the red. November beans are down five and three quarters of a cent at ten fifty and three quarters, and January beans are at ten fifty two and a quarter. That is down four pennies. December wheat is in the green nine cents. It's at six oh seven and a half. And March wheat is up eight cents at six oh eight even. Now, as for your Class Three fluid milk contracts, November milk is down nineteen cents at twenty three seventy one. And December milk is down forty nine cents at nineteen ninety six. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This
1: is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
10: Carrier has a complete line of home heating products to keep your family comfortable this winter without burning your budget. With smart temperature management and remote access options, it's easier than ever to control your home's climate. And Carrier Energy Efficient Systems can help reduce utility bills without sacrificing comfort. For more complete comfort and greater peace of mind, turn to your Carrier expert.
7: Call your Carrier factory-authorized dealer. RA Heating and Air Conditioning in Evansville.
10: Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle-building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. M-Sculpt works! One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more.
5: Let your natural beauty shine through.
10: View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com.
1: He takes being called a pig as a compliment because he knows that they're smarter than most dogs and people. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Josh Scramlin.
2: It is 5.48 on Tuesday, November 3rd, which means we have plenty of time to catch up with market advisor John Heinberg from Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. John, good morning. How's it going?
9: going well. It's going well. Good. Well, we got
2: a a crazy day. uh, Yeah. Well, let's get right into it. Number one elephant in the room, the election. So markets hate uncertainty with this presidential election. There just seems to be so many things that are up in the air. So what can we expect today?
9: Well, you know, regardless, I think how the re- outcome could be, we're going to see a lot of volatility either way today. Now, maybe not so much in the commodity space. I know we're off to a good start this morning, but I think that's due to some other news other than the the actual election coming into play. You know, but the equity markets have been trying to pegged where this thing's going to go. And we could see a lot of movement on that, especially in the overnight session. You know, I went back to 2016 and and obviously how that election kind of ran out. And we had an 1100 point swing in Dow futures during the overnight session into the next day when, you know, president Trump pulled off that upset. So we'll have to see how things come together. I think the market's been kind of pricing in the potential that Biden is going to win things. Uh, that seems to be at least what the polls say, but obviously that's where we were last year at this time. Uh, or not last year, excuse me, 2016 at this time, and so things can change very quickly when we actually get out and get the and get the votes counted. It's going to take uh, some time to get things put together, but we'll have at least a good indication, at least where things are leading after, uh, you know, tonight into
2: tomorrow morning uh, where this election might be going. Hmm. Interesting. And then something that I, I kind of I'm, I'm going to rope together with the election. I've been noticing because of the potential for civil unrest, there's been hoarding that's been happening at grocery stores. I, I've seen it firsthand. And even last night when I was driving by uh, the high V here in Madison, I mean, the parking lot was packed. And I'm just curious, is the supply chain ready for another situation like that?
9: I, you know, I would hope so. A lot of lessons were learned over the spring and in terms of what happened with the COVID situation. And, and uh, again, those are, you know, hopefully short-term events that just have people cautious and want to make sure they're kind of, you know, got their supplies in place. To, how does it handle the long-term picture? Probably not big of an impact as, a, you know, obviously what we saw with the lockdown situation back in the spring. Uh, so, but again, there's just a lot of caution, a lot of, a lot of concerns of how things are going to go regardless how this election comes out. And that's disturbing to me you know personally as an American, but uh, you know, again, we, we, we get what we get and we got to go, go on from there. And, and uh, you know, we'll see how the markets handle it from that. Standpoint
2: Completely. Well, let's talk about, so you had hinted to it earlier, and when I was looking at the markets this morning, I mean, you know, I was seeing uh, corn was having a good morning. I feel as though beans were having a good morning. Uh, wh- what is the good news that is causing that?
9: Well, first off, harvest progress. Again, corn's at 82%, soybean's 87%. So we're getting into that last chunk of the harvest overall now. So, again, that takes the hedge pressure off the markets. You know, obviously, we've had a bit of a pushback last week as we saw some profit taking on those long positions. And, you know, maybe this morning's reaction is a little bit of squaring up going into the election today. On the soybean side where we're up, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 cents this morning, we did see yesterday that uh, Brazil was loading a cargo of beans uh, from the United States. So that's a big impact when you look at the difference in prices between the two. And when you've got a country that is a, usually a, a major exporter uh, becoming an importer, uh, that really signifies some tightness in that supply chain overall. You know, and us shipping beans to Brazil would be the equivalent of us uh, sending snow to Canada in January. Uh, so that's kind of interesting to see how that's going to play out in the market and the market's reaction to the fact that, hey, the, the world's largest exporter of beans may be out for
2: another couple months here. Lovely analogy, by the way. And then let's uh, let's let's pivot to dairy, because I was looking at the Daily Dairy report. So class three markets set some milestones in the past few training sessions. And then this this is current as of yesterday. So on Friday, cheddar barrel prices uh, hit 240 or excuse me, hit 253. And that passed up the previous record of 249. So what's going on with our dairy markets that we saw such a boom towards the end of last week?
9: Well, it all started a couple of weeks ago, and we got another announcement of an expansion of the Farmers to Family Food Box program that the government's now running here uh, through the end of the year, basically. The purchase cycle was up till the end of October, so that was last week's uh, strength in the market. Some of the weakness maybe we're seeing uh, yesterday, and things might calm down a little bit now that they're kind of through their buying and getting the product lined up phase. You know, but we're looking at a dairy market, especially in that cheese market, that may be getting to a bit of a ceiling. You read some of the commentaries from uh, from the industry, they're a little cautious here. That they got, you know, products starting to get on hand, and, and we're getting through, uh, you know, that buying window. What's the government going to do? At the same time, though, we're also starting to look at the holiday season, and we're getting into the cheese box time frame and things of that nature. So that keeps some decent demand in the market overall. You know, again, I'm still very cautious when you start talking uh, the price of the milk here in the front months versus those deferred contracts. It's been nice to see that strength spread out a little bit more instead of being so concentrated. But again, as producers look at things, you just continue to look at strategies to protect your floor, but keep your top side open. You know, all we need is another announcement next week or a week down the road that, you know, hey, this food box program is going to continue and the government steps back into the market, continues to buy cheese and continue to bring some premium to those front month contracts. But like, I'd like to see some stuff starting to happen in 21. We don't have a whole lot going. Going out there, but the, the prices really haven't done anything for us, uh, at least in terms of adding some good value that producers can start to protect.
2: All right. Before we wrap up, how can guys get a hold of you if they want to? That's something that uh, I should have mentioned at the beginning, but how can we get a hold of you, John?
9: Sure, Josh. you can get a hold of me anytime. Give me a call at the office, 800 334 9779, or feel free to shoot me an email. My email address is johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com.
2: All right. And then we got just about a minute left. So I guess quick summary, John, uh, things that we really need to be watching out for today, just so we're all on the same page before I let you go.
9: Well, again, just, you know, volatility is volatility. It will come. It'll move the markets very quickly. You know, just kind of hang in there and see what we've got. Again, producers have got opportunities to take advantage of good prices. You got to go ahead and make sure you lock those sales in or protect somehow, especially in these volatile elevated markets.
2: John, always good to talk to you. We'll catch up with you in one week. Thanks. Have a great week. All right. Yep. You have a good one as well. That is Market Advisor John Heinberg with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Just taking a look at your current temperatures, it's 37 and clear in Madison. It is 30 and clear in Eau Claire, 37 and clear in La Crosse, 34 and clear in Green Bay, and it's 27 and clear in Wausau. For the Midwest Farm Report on Election Day, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.